All right. Hi, I'm Bryce Hancock. This is Mile High Recovery Chat. I'm here with Nicholas Nat from uh, from Rocky Mountain Flex Fitness. Hi, Nick. Hi, Bryce. Thank you so much for having me on today. Sure. Um, so that's how I know you is from Rocky Mountain Flex Fitness, and that's the gym you're the co-owner of, correct? That is correct. All right. And so I know you do a lot of stuff. Uh, so usually, like this podcast is about uh, recovery and wellness, and um, I kind of feel like we're both interested in the same, like kind of the same things and maybe a different way. Like I'm very interested in transformation and I know you are too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Transformation is uh, really my speciality. All right. And so I became really interested in having you on because I listened to you at the gym, you train people and um, you know, you train them how to get in shape physically, but you talk to them. And I've, I heard you one day saying to a guy, uh, you said something like, um, you know, the choices you got, the choices you made got you here. And the good news is the choices you're going to make now are going to get you out of this, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, yes. I mean, very, very much so. Okay. You, you hit the nail around the head. And so, so you're very into the psychology of this thing. So I want to know, what I want to know is wh why you are the way you are. Like, and I don't mean just, you know, like a bodybuilder, but, but like mentally how did you get to this place that's a great question bryce thank you so much for asking that okay. um if i really think about the roots um my family there's six of us my mom my dad and then i have three older siblings so i'm the baby and so um my household is very loud <laughs> growing up as i'm sure are a lot of uh people's and so with that people fight for attention right everyone wants to be seen and so i found myself naturally being an observer you know when you're younger you can definitely understand that people are um you know your 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 place is to be seen not or not to be seen and heard but to be you know to listen and so naturally what i really did is i would observe and i would really interest interested in why did people do certain things you know i would see my siblings maybe get in trouble and then i was you know easily able to understand, okay, I don't want to do that. Um, that carried over into friendships. I was able to bond with people. Um, you know, for me, I thought I was weird in high school. Obviously, I would like to classify myself as a normal, you know, teenager. I played sports. I was involved in activities, but things just made sense to me that I thought um, most kids just didn't have that level of awareness. And at the time, I really didn't know what it was then, but it was what we now refer to as psychology. And so my senior year, I took an AP psych course and I was completely emulsified in it. Um, you know, it was really the study of behavior and why people do certain things. And when we took a step further, um, when I declared that major as a start in undergrad before it shifted and changed, it really had a lot to do with why do people make the decisions they make? And then how does that over time influence what we now understand as a paradigm, right? And so in the default way of thinking and how people live their life, these are the you know typical corresponding uh, circumstances they'll find themselves in. And these are the default decisions that they'll make. And if you ask a person why they did that and they didn't want to because their destination or their goal or their focus is to end up somewhere else, and like, oh, I can't believe I did that yesterday. And you're like, well, why did you? And they most of the time they say, I don't know. Uh, yeah. you know they're very nonchalant and they don't understand. And so my study up to this point now, Bryce, 
uh, having done that for myself and then being able to help other people has been first accepting ownership two knowing exactly what it is you want out of life. And I don't mean that from just a fitness standpoint. You know, I obviously talk a lot about fitness because that is the tool. That's one of the vehicles in the channel. But, you know, we all really want the same thing. We want good health. We want ha uh, good things for our family. We want to thrive. We want to be secure. We want to be safe. We want to have security, whether that comes in the form of our physical health, our safety, our finances. And so when people are in a position where they can accept ownership over something, they're empowered to change it. And I think with that kind of mindset, which I'll credit Carol Dweck with, who's a head research at Harvard, who wrote this book called Mindset, it really helps people understand, okay, if I got to this place and I don't like it, that didn't happen by accident. It might've arbitrarily happened, but it didn't happen by accident to your point where you're referencing earlier. So if I make, very decisive decisions with an end goal in mind, I can reverse that process or I can optimize my life for the things that I do want and mitigate the things that I don't want. And um, that's been the life's practice, helping people optimize their lives through self-development, nutrition and fitness. So that's how are it all. Yeah. Are you from, are you from Denver? Are you from Colorado? I am, man. I'm one of the few locals. Right. Uh, you know, you so you, I have a cold thing on my uh, oh. sporting a do cat but i i am a uh i am a local so you were the last of four kids did you get beat up on a little bit by your <laughs> <laughs> oh man well assuming that my siblings aren't gonna uh be are gonna beat me up again because they definitely can't i weigh about 100 pounds more than all of them <laughs> now. Um, yeah. yeah absolutely you know anybody who's a younger sibling you know unless you're in the middle you know, you're, that's just how it works. You have to assert your dominance if you're the older brother or sister, whether that's more of the like verbal or physical. My brother, he, this is actually a funny story, not to derail, but uh, he never let me play with him. He let me watch him play Sega, and my sister was allowed to play, but I wasn't. And, um, <laughs> you know, again, I wasn't allowed to actually watch wrestling, but afterwards, when he got really motivated, he dressed up as his favorite wrestler. And that's when I got to play. So, of course, I said yes until, you know, it quickly wasn't playing. It was him beating, beating me up. And uh, <laughs> it, 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 so that, 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 was, that was a childhood for sure. Yeah. yeah. But that's, I think, like, because I was the oldest sibling, I think my experience is different because my brother ended up joining the Army, and I used to beat the shit out of him when we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> and he could probably whoop my ass about right now, you know? Now he could. That's how yeah. it is, man. It, it, that is the, that's, that's the irony in life. I always tell people, I always tell, I have this funny saying of take it up with God, but I think that's kind of the funny thing. You, you have your dominance over your younger siblings until they grow up bigger and stronger than you. And then they remember all the bad shit you did to them. So yeah, payback pay, pay is a bitch. They say that, but it's true. I'm sure. <laughs> so, so you played sports in high school. Uh, when did you get, cause you're like hyper-focused. I've seen you and, and like the level of commitment that it takes to do these competitions that you do, like, unless you've seen it, it's like, you can explain it like you can explain like because I've seen you dude you just you're on the tr if you never sit down 
you're on the treadmill and that's like a break for you. And then you'll eat and then you'll go lift and then you'll be back on the treadmill. And I think when you're getting close to those competitions, you're doing that like unless you're sleeping, correct? I mean, is that what you're doing? Yeah, yeah, that's a great. Um, it's definitely great, Bryce. Um, how would I? How do I categorize this? You really have to devote yourself to whatever you're doing, right? And so, what I like to tell people, the easiest way of thinking about it is. Um, Imagine yourself trying to become a doctor and you're going through medical school um, when you're trying to you know, become an attorney and you're trying to pass the bar finals when you're in high school finals when you're an undergrad. There's such this there's this small window where you just immerse your soul into everything that you're doing and the, the treadmill of eating. That's just those are just the steps. Right. That's just the things you have to do. So insert whatever caveat, the studies, the kids, you know, getting the house done, getting the household, whatever. But, you know, that's 13, 16, sometimes 20 weeks of devotion. And at scale, it slowly comes up and then it slowly ascends and it becomes more rigorous, right? And so um, that's the level of commitment. As far as the level of focus, I usually, that that's different for why I have that level of focus, but I think, um, you know, as you said, Bryce, I, I like to consider myself a jack of multiple trades. And so I really focus on keeping not just the bodybuilding. I think, I mean, my, before I was younger, bodybuilding was life. And now it is a tool that fits into a much bigger picture. And with that much bigger picture, you have your other avenues and other things, such as the business one, business two, the modeling, the career uh, and so I think the important thing is, you know, I have to eat well, I have to exercise in order to keep my mindset focused, because if I don't, these other things begin to fall out of the hand and um, you, you kind of lose your grip on what you're doing. And if that happens, it's hard because you lose focus mentally. And then shortly after, uh, you usually begin to use food, whatever it is, as a crutch, you know, something sure. Well, were you like this in high school or did, was there like a turning point like around, I don't know, 18, 19, 20? That's a great question, Bryce. There definitely was a turning point. Um, it definitely started in high school uh, with basketball. Um, so I'm not sure if you're aware of this. You, you may have heard my dad was a professional basketball player. I did not know that. He did. He played in the NBA. So he and my mom uh, were both born in 1957. They both grew up in Louisiana. My dad is from Monroe and my mom's from Lake Charles, which is closer towards the ocean. And um, they put a huge emphasis on being all in. So I never got pressure from my dad to be an athlete and to be, you know, an elite in all of these things. Um, whereas, you know, that's, I think, the conversation or the ethos that most people would take. But my parents didn't play that one foot in one foot out they were like you're you're you commit you're doing it like it, it okay did. and so um <clears throat> you know i think my dedication really came out of pain um i was really pissed in high school about not getting attention i thought i deserved you know i, I don't hold this grudge but it's just me being transparent um i thought my coach had a bias against me um probably rightfully so from the year prior. Um, you know, I wasn't a perfect athlete, but I did work hard. And I think he had kind of had a fabricated idea in his head. And so 
that made me resent guys on my team. Uh, they never knew that, but um, you know, it, it pissed me off because I felt like I wasn't getting a shot. And um, I remember uh, we, we went the furthest to my knowledge. I think Smoky Hill, which is where I went to high school has ever gone. And I remember um, I had a phenomenal game. We had made it to the sweet 16, we got to the final four and uh, the team that ended up beating us ended up winning the state championship. And I didn't play that game. And the game prior to that, I had a phenomenal game. I didn't start, which I was mad about, but I also had a phenomenal game and felt like I was contributing. And so I kind of had that grudge earlier on, which made me want to work harder because of the influence from my parents and my natural peers that were like, well, what are you going to do? And so I guess I just cultivated that belief that if I worked hard enough, I would get my dues. Yeah. And, um, I think that paid off a lot more later in life than it did. Okay. But that's where it started. I get it. All right. So that makes a little bit, that makes sense to me. That's kind of like that. Uh, like there was like an internal shift and you were, you were mad. Right. So. No, I was, you, I, was, I was pissed. I was pissed. pissed. All right. To be honest, I was, I was, I was pretty upset, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. So like, when did you like, re cause there's a mindset. That's what I'm trying to, that's like, I think what I'm trying to drive home is like, it's mindset, right? It's like a mindset and that's what Absolutely. you preach. You preach that mindset and it's like, um, cause I've met a lot of, I've let them, I've met a lot of big guys. I've met a lot of, of bodybuilders, but you have this like positive thing. Like, like there's something like you have like what people want. You know what I mean? When I say that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I it's, know what you're saying. Well, yeah, it's not like you're just trying to be big to kind of like bro out and like intimidate people. Like you talk about abundance, you talk about mindset, you talk about negative beliefs, um, you talk about and you do you talk about spirituality, you talk about happiness and like mental health. And that's what that's really what people should be shooting for. Uh, right. It's like uh, like the quality of your life overall. Correct. Right. Correct. And it's not, my belief, my belief. But yeah, again, yes, you're absolutely right. That's where I come from. Okay. And I believe that too. Like I used to be a late stage alcoholic. I was dying from, I couldn't stop drinking. The doctor said, you're going to die if you don't stop drinking. I give you a year to live. Right. And I couldn't stop drinking. I drank, I drank for well over a year. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I had my own little transformation. And then I started going to the gym. I don't know, early sobriety. I just looked so bad and I felt so bad. And, um, you know, Brian Handlows, he's one of my best friends. And great guy. Uh, great guy. he's awesome. I love him. And, man. and like, it just became a part of my life. At first, it was just this thing I did once a week and then I then twice a week and then it became part of my life. And like your gym, there's like, like, it's like, there's a sense of community at your gym. Yes. Uh, yes absolutely. Yeah. There's like a layer of accountability and people will kind of like, uh, you know, pump you up a little bit, say, Hey, how's it going? And like, you know, like when, uh, like I went through certain events, like political events and just like things that are going on in the world And the next day I would come into the gym. Like when George Floyd got killed the next day I was in the gym and it was a supportive environment for me. And then, you know, some crazy presidencies <laughs> and, and I was in the gym before the, the election and after the election. And so you guys became kind of like part of my life. And, um, I think it's like a top-down thing. Chris is totally into the same stuff that you're into. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 really funny that you talk about the sense of community. Um, from a 
from a business background, you know, the short story of how Chris and I connected, um, he wanted to be in shape for his wedding or better shape. You know, Chris uh, originally is from uh, Michigan and he lived in Florida for a little bit with his mother, who's now, you know, not here, but um, he moved to Colorado, uh, did the, you know, college thing with DU, MBA. And we met when he was engaged to his current, his wife now, Jackie, and they have uh, three kids together, four total, but three kids together. And so um, really we built a great friendship from that. And what I still respect very much about Chris and his individuality is that he's unapologetically himself. You know, he's a very intelligent man. He knows his craft very well in business. Um, he understands really what's going on in the world. And, you know, not to that this makes a world of difference, but, you know, Chris comes from a white collar background. I don't say that in a negative way. I say that in a great way, but his awareness is definitely transcendent. He has a very good understanding of the people around him and what's going on in the world. And so he and I really connected well um, because of just, I think that understanding our ability to both have the desire for precision and obviously that caused tension from time to time being in relationship. But most importantly, um, when we really got the idea for the gym, you know, it was hard because we knew where we wanted to stay. We wanted to be close in the Baker neighborhood and we wanted a certain type of demographic. We weren't interested in emulating, you know, obviously people classify me as a bodybuilder. I say I'm a fitness enthusiast, but, okay. um, you know, we didn't want to build that, you know, uh, Dylan Armbrust, for instance, is a good mentor of mine. He owns Armbrust Pro Gym in, our, in uh, Arvada and Wheat Ridge. And that's very much a bodybuilder pro style gym. And we didn't want to do that. And so I think when it came down to it, I said, I want people to feel better leaving the door than they did coming in, regardless if they're at the high, the lower in between. How do we do that? And the answer was culture. The answer was diversity. The answer was personal touch. And I think the answer was not just diversity from an, um, from an ethnicity or a culture or a belief standpoint, but it was uh, ethnicity or it was a diversity from um, different walks of life and how people can bring different elements of fitness and make that a contribution. And as a whole, I think Bryce, to your point, people wanted that. People wanted a place regardless of where they stood spiritually, if they had religious beliefs, um, where they might grow up or have to hear it at home or hear it at work or from peers or friends to just come in and just lift. Can I come in and can I just do something good for myself? Can I keep this thing that is good for my mind, good for my body? Something that in, in a place that I'm not going to have to worry about someone wearing a shirt that's going to offend me. And we to your point, when we did George Floyd, we came out and were very adamant about this is an anti-hate. It won't be supported. Uh, we've had multiple interactions with, you know, different business decisions that weren't monetarily to our benefit. But long term, I think that saved us because we weren't willing to bring a toxicity into our community. And once again, the commonality, one bad apple spoils the bunch. Well, you know, we all see what that looks like in any kind of environment. And so through that level of dedication and honestly servitude out of the members, which is what we wanted, I think they've adopted it as their own mission. We 
uh, hold that true. And so we're not a bodybuilding gym. We're not a fitness or a cardio or a functional or a CrossFit or martial arts. We are very much a community gym that does it all. I agree. I like it. And I, I, I hear like in your like, uh, I don't know, your vibe, kind of a law of attraction type thing, like what you're going to put out, you're going to get back. And like what you surround yourself is important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Environment is so pivotal. Right. And so, again, you know, Bryce, you run this organization that has to deal with recovery. Yeah. One of the profound, paramount, paramount, right, conversations with anybody, whether it's food, whether it's narcotics, whether it's alcohol, whatever it is, right? What environment are you surrounding yourself by? Because most people have facilitated a lifestyle that supports a certain type of thinking. And with that, obviously, there's people who support that type of environment and that type of thinking, and one nurtures the other. And if you want something different, I mean, it's a definition of insanity. I'm going to change something dramatic about my life that I want, but I'm going to keep doing the same thing I've been doing. That is the definition of insanity. So if you want something different, and the more apparent that actually is, the more enlightened, the more aware, you know, I want to go on vacation, Bryce, to up north somewhere in the States. Okay, that's 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 an arbitrary goal. Okay. If you come to me and you go, Nick, I want to be in the best shape of my life. I'm taking my kids. They haven't seen me in years. We're going to go road trip all the way through New York. I'm going to take them to Maine. We're going to stop this location, this location, and then we're going to end up, and I want to do this picture at Niagara Falls, and it's going to be on this date. I'm going to take this much time off of work. Now you have definitive visualization anchors pictures. And from that, you can begin to say, okay, if I'm really sincere, if this is an authentic goal, and this is something I'm really adamant about doing, what do I have to do? And with that, that's going to be environment. You know, 50% of that, if not more, is going to be, I got to remove my, I might love this person. I might hang out with this person, but you know what? That's not going to be conducive to me going this direction. And so I need to mitigate my time and how I spend that. People yeah, lose weight, but they don't want to go to the gym and you don't have to go to the gym to lose weight. But if your environment is every Thursday and every Friday, you go to happy hour with, you know, Bo, Shim and Beth, Bob. <clears throat> and, you know, you guys eat these foods that aren't good for your mind. They're not good for your body. And, you know, it's kind of the conversation is woe is me. And no one's really talking about something empowering you know, you're going to be like those people because you're a product of who you surround yourself with. And um, the hard part about that, and the last thing I'll say, Bryce, is that that's comfortable. And that are really the two driving forces in behavior. Moving towards pleasure, moving away from pain. Usually pain pushes people to movement and pleasure pushes people to comfort. Yeah, I believe comfort kills people. Like. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I do. You know, because David, there's like David Goggins, David Goggins would agree with you, man. I, well, there's this belief that like when you hit like, you know, I don't know what it is, 40 or 50, you know, it's kind of like it's time to relax or or you've been sedentary your whole life up until that point. And I, I like that was fine. Like 100 years ago when you live to be like, you know, 50 and then you die or you retire at 60. But like people live to be 100 now. Right. right. And if you stop right. working out or you never worked out, 
you know, from 50 to 100, that's 50 more years. I don't want to be in terrible shape for the last half of my life. Correct. I want to be in good shape for the last half of my life. I want to try to live as long as possible, as long as possible. And I want to be as happy as possible. I want to have a high quality life. And um, so it's weird. Like you talk about it. Like, I don't even, I'm sure you know, but you talk about intention, you talk about authenticity and uh, it's just like a very, yeah. 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 The, 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 what you were saying, Bryce, I think is like, people are like, yeah, 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 totally. But it's like, well, words have power. You want to live as long as you can, but let me ask you honest question. How do you see yourself living? Because you could be a hundred, but you want to be in a wheelchair. And people are like, no, I don't want to live to be in a wheelchair. Well, and again, no, no offense to people in a wheelchair, but I'm saying if you have the means of being able to walk on the beach at the age of 80, or if you can't do that because the decisions you made decades earlier took away your functional movement and you need help and support, well, can you make that decision now? You know, years prior, whether you're 20, whether you're 40, whether you're 50. And so I think that to your point, comfort kills. Well, I think that comfort is very short-term focus. If you notice, Bryce, from a psychology standpoint, obviously I specialize in fitness, but transformation as a whole, transformation has a lot to do with sitting down and putting yourself in, a sh- in, in, in your shoes later in life. Can Bryce now have a conversation with Bryce 10 years down the road or five years down the road? Or can Nick have a conversation with six months if this is the goal? And with that, you're having to make sacrifices and that causes discomfort. Now, most people make decisions that they have to go back on and they sort of, you know, whop themselves in the head. And the reason I think they do that are because your short, your decisions are very short-term oriented. They're very short-term focused. If I want ice cream right now, I'm going to go have it. I'm not saying that's good or bad, but I'm saying if it's stimulus and response always, and with that, there's no ambiguity. It's always just reaction. Then the hard part is, is when it comes time to change, that's a resistance because like building a stronger chest or building better lungs, you have to run, you have to do push-ups or a bench press to strengthen those muscles, your willpower is not there and the ambition might be there but when it takes the action which i usually cultivate or utilize with drive you don't have that will right it's yeah. it's, it's kind of i call it the new year's dilemma it's not funny but it's the new year's dilemma i'm i'm ex- well, i'm excited i'm gonna the three goals people make most of the time around new year's are around food i'm sorry health finances and relationships those are all very difficult things, not because they're difficult and they're hard, but because they're simple, but there's a lot of emotion. And so I think people set their goals and they know why, but you're used to making short-term decisions and the moment life goes haywire, pressure doesn't create weakness, pressure reveals it. So where are you the weakest? Well, you're the weakest in the areas where you spent the least amount of time. So there goes, you know, not drinking on Saturday nights and going to the gym on Sunday, ball games on Sunday, drinking Saturday, drinking Sunday. And then before you know it, you're back having the same conversation in February that you were having before Thanksgiving. Right. But I think eventually at some point people just forget all about those goals that they had on the end of December and they just are back in their comfort zone. They're just back in their thing. And, you know, the thing for me is like, I started to realize how little, how little time I spent on my health. 
because I mean, I smoked, I drank, I did drugs for decades and almost died from it. And then I came out of it and I had to replace all that was something else. And I felt terrible. And um, the thing is interesting is though, is that the more I did it, the better, the more I wanted to do it, right? Uh, like I know I couldn't go from where I was to where I am today. And I'm not saying I'm like this, like, you know, super awesome fitness guy, but I'm in a lot much better shape than I was before. But, but you can't go from there all the way to there real fast. And so it's like, you just take one step, you know, and I would go once a week and then twice a week. And now I'm going just about every day, except for when I'm out of town. And and the thing is it got easier. Mm-hmm. Now I, I don't think about it anymore, but it's easy to wake up and go, eh, I don't want to go to the gym today. <laughs> yes. I don't want to go today. I'll Absolutely. maybe I'll go tomorrow. And then in two weeks you haven't gone and you just forget all about it. You're like right back in the comfort zone. Absolutely. The the so people ask and they're like, well, why, why, what 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 do you think is the difference between why somebody will see results and not? Is it because they do training and this person doesn't, or is it because you have to have a trainer and you know all those tools are in place because um you you those tools are in place to help you maximize your time your efficiency right what i find price is that it comes down to clarity i think strategy is important but i think the strategy becomes irrelevant you know people can say bryce how did you get out how did you get out of addiction or nick how did you build a gym how did you build that body? If we could write it down in a perfect template, to this day, I still think most people would not be successful at doing it. And if you would ask me why, I would say it's because until you get red hot burning desire for change on your own, the strategies become ineffective. And so to your point about having to replace substance abuse with something practical and then having to go with that. Well, there's a lot of in between. You had to go from novice to, you know, to you had to go from being, you know, the man, you're probably the guy to hang out with. You know, people want to go have fun. They're probably like, yo, let's hit up Bryce. Yeah. And now you're going into this forbidden area where you're not, you don't really understand the environment. You don't really know. Now, how do you humble yourself? Well, I don't think you will if your mindset, in particular, your unconscious mind is telling you, don't go here, Bryce. Don't, don't, don't venture in that. That's this is that that's that's because unconscious mind doesn't want to hurt you. It just wants to keep you safe. And I think the reason that that has so much anchor, Bryce, because you and I both could sit here right now if we wanted to and think about what is something that happened much earlier in life that was painful. Maybe a risk that we took that didn't work out. You know, um, you know, Bryce, you're, you're married, right, Bryce? Is that right? No. No, you're not married. Okay, but you have a girlfriend. No. No. But you've, had, you've had a girlfriend. You have kids. I right? have had girlfriends and I do you have, have had girlfriends. Yeah. Do you remember at one point in your life, middle school, high school, much younger, when you had like a like a, like a hard crush, like a crush, like a, like, like you were like, oh my gosh, like a, right? Sure. And you can visualize like, oh, man, like this girl's awesome. She's what I want and all these things. Right. And you kind of give yourself this excitement and then you're like, okay, I'm going to ask her out. And something is like, no, you're not. Yeah. (laughs) Is your brain trying to protect you? 
and trying to protect you. And so that's unconscious mind I like to tell people because maybe that works out, right? Yeah, yeah. But let's say that at that time that didn't. And there's been times before where I've done that before, you know, in middle school, I can think of, I won't name drop her, but I can, I can think of, I mean, I had the hugest crush and my friend, of course, being the friend that he was, just went out and blabbed to her. And it was like an instant sh shoot down. And for a long period of time, that rest of that year, um, I denied myself, man. I denied myself. And, and that became the thinking because unconscious mind tried to protect me from that. And sure. so if you're having to go into something that's been painful or unknown, unconscious mind is going to battle against that. And so I say that because clearly, if anyone understands, you know, when you're late at night and you kind of have a craving for chips or for sweets, unconscious mind usually wins that battle and you're finding yourself going to 7-Eleven and getting some hog and dogs and donuts, right? Yeah. Well, until you have that reason why, you don't have anything to combat that. Because that stimulus still shows up, but we call it stimulus and response because it's not stimulus and reaction. Craving for donuts, go and get the donuts. It's craving for donuts. Wait, I want to look good for my vacation. I want to not be in this prison of drugs and alcohol. I don't want to be the fat kid anymore. And when that hits, people feel that. Yeah. And that pain will pull them back. And then they're willing to go that moment. And then, like you said, Bryce, they're good. Like then they're like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm I I I'm I'm getting good at this. I'm building community. Right. I can have fun. And then it's much easier. So the hard part is the push in the beginning. And then yeah. that's get the pull. You gotta over like there's an argument that happens in people's heads and and it's almost like you can't win it, you know. But then like so for me, I got a trainer and he kept me accountable and people would say, it's so expensive. It's like, yeah, but how much do I spend on my health really? Right. Le less than 5% of what I make a year was I spending on my health, right? Right. Which is ridiculous. You should be Absolutely. spending because it's so important. It's your health. It's your happiness. And it's like, you know, your sense of well-being. It's all dependent on being in shape. And so – I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna chime in and say something else about that because this isn't like a personal trainer. Go out and get a personal trainer, but not really. I'll say this: I think that why that works so well for you, Bryce, is because Brian Handelos. For those of you who don't know, you should definitely follow Brian Handelos. He's an incredible man, a jack of multiple trades, one of the most talented human beings I've ever met. But he is a man at the core who believes in really helping people. And he lives by that creed. And I say that because I think it takes the right accountability, right? You can hire a painter to paint your house, but if they're not very good, you're going to have a much bigger problem than you were when you started. And so for you, Bryce, I think it was the will, getting the right guy. And I think when you do that, the amount of money you're exchanging for that value is beyond worth it. And if you don't have that perspective, it, it again, why spend that money? Because it, it, it's like talking to people about food. Why am I going to go spend my money over here at Whole Paycheck? And I can go to McDonald's and get, you know, something for, you know, a quarter of the price. And Yeah. And that'll make you feel good for about 30 minutes, maybe. Yeah. Until you right? fall asleep, right? Well, right. yeah. But it's like either you spend money on your health now, and I think Gordon just said this, or you're going to spend money 
on your health later in the form Absolutely. of I'm sick, I'm not well, I got to buy a medicine, you know? Absolutely. Well, to your point, Brian, the top three killers, and this isn't to like, you know, scare people, but the top three killers on the face of the planet, I think in order, it always shifts, are heart disease, cancer, and diabetes. What we now know in 2021 that all three of these are primarily indicative of lifestyle choice. And so people don't think about that until they have a friend, a parent, a mother, they themselves, and then they're getting their insurance premium. And they're like, medication is so expensive. I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted. And that becomes a delayed response. But I think people would be a lot more adamant about spending a couple hundred dollars on a nutritionist or a lifestyle coach or a therapist or a trainer than the amount of time and really, I guess, what you would call burden, right, Brian, or treatment on, you know, those other things. And it's not funny, you know, by all means that I not make light of that, but absolutely it is, um, it is an issue, uh, Bryce. So I say that because um, I think where people initiate changes, you have to put it on their level. And that's what I had to do with my parents. That's what I had to do with my parents to start. Right on. Well, you're in a contest right now, uh, and I got the link here, Mr. Muscle and Fitness, correct? You're so kind, sir. Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. So what do you win if you you come first? What do you get? Uh, So if you come first, um, Muscle and Fitness Magazine, which um, is also the uh, headquarters for Flex Magazine, uh, men's fitness, also muscle and fitness, hers, they kind of run the hub. You get a two page spread in their magazine, and then you also get $20,000. Um, and so it's a, uh, it's a pretty big deal. Um, and again, who doesn't want $20,000 cash? Who could, that's, that's a pretty significant amount of change in addition to, you know, getting a two page spread and having the opportunity to be photographed by some of the best in, in the industry. And honestly, the, pinnacle magazine of, in my opinion, of the industry. Um, But most importantly, I think it's a great opportunity to speak more on what we're kind of talking about, uh, Bryson, to get that opportunity for people to really think about, well, is that a message for me? And it's a a platform. So that's uh, the big inspiration behind wanting to win. All right. Well, is there something you want to leave everybody with? I appreciate you coming on, man. I think that you're making an impact, and I think uh, I think it's just awesome what you're doing. And, and I just love the psychology, and that you like you equally emphasize exercise and the psychology and the mindset, and you and you inspire your clients. I hear you doing it. Um, and there's like I also wanted to say that you're like. Because when you're working out and it's that hard, there's a point where it's like, God, why am I doing this to myself? Yeah. Right? And you have to follow it up with like a push. Like you have to inspire your clients. Yes. Yes, you definitely do. Well, I mean, to your point, you know, everybody who's ever done, you know, rigorous yard work or, you know, anything hard, it's, it's, it's dumbfounding. You know, you don't (laughs) It's, it's not fun. It's not fun to suffer, right? And oh. we're kind of built as humans to go the opposite direction when we face pain. Um, and so you definitely, I think, have to you know focus on building the mindset and those 
mental, emotional, and psychological muscles as well as your physical body. And I think, um, you know, things change. Uh, what would I leave people with? I think that was your question. Is that it right? It was. It was, yeah. Um, wow, that's such a good question. There's so much you can say. Um, I'll say really three things, and I'm sure I could come up with better stuff. <laughs> I know you're going to ask such a great question. Sorry. But, um, wow, you really put me on the spot. Okay, here's what I would say. Choose kindness. Most people in their heart of hearts, regardless of where they're coming from, are the latter and better improved version of what they could be. Choose kindness when you are connecting with people in the world. Um, the second thing that I would say is, I actually can't take credit for this. This is from Les Brown. Every argument that Every, everything that you think in, in negativity, every limitation that you think of in an argument way, you get to keep. So definitely be conscientious of what you fight for. And from that, words have power. Be mindful of what you say. Um, third and finally, oh, this is a good one. No one except you can decide what's best for your life. Stay true to that. All right, man. It's it's a, a pleasure knowing you. I appreciate you coming on the show. You're awesome. Thank you. Well, I want to say uh, thanks for having me. First of all, Bryce, um, You're welcome. I think what you do, one, what you've done is an inspiration and, um, you know, your, your story is by no means, man, uh, something that I think people, many people in the world who are going to come, who are living and who are now past, um, weren't able to do what you've done. And I think that's remarkable. I think it's incredible that you built this platform and, uh, you're the real superhero, man. So thank you so much for having me on and letting me get an, op an opportunity to talk to your community and your guests. All right. Thank you, Nick. Wonderful. Okay. Have a good one. You as well, buddy. Bye-bye.